Hi everybody, it's Bob Tulio. Welcome to Automatic Merchandisers, Vending and OCS Nation, the podcast for the convenience services industry. In the first week of November, the coffee service industry converged on Indianapolis for the annual Coffee, Tea, and Water Show. I enjoyed a lot of conversations before and after my presentation that explored the state of the OCS industry. I want to thank everyone who participated in the session and all of the nice people in our industry who were happy to answer the question, what do coffee service operators need to do to succeed in 2024? I'm going to share some of those conversations today. And who better to start with than Linda Saldana of 7th Wave? Getting back to basics was a popular theme at the show. Linda, what do coffee service operators need to do to succeed in 2024? Clean, clean, clean. <laughs> that's your that's your comment. Absolutely. Clean, clean. Want to expand on that? Yeah, I mean, I recently, when I've gone into new accounts or just going to meet people, I mean, all you have to do is like open the shelf up or look at a drawer, and it's so disheartening. Oh, that's a very simple step. Yeah. So I think it's been overlooked by our industry, to be honest. And then let them know that you did it. Yes. Yes. Cheryl Bravo. Vice President of Business Development at InReach was also focused on a back-to-basics approach. Brewers have to work properly. Coffee has to taste good. Kitchen has to look clean and appealing. So while we can talk to them about advances in technology, what's really important is making sure that our basic services are provided mm -hmm. and that we cover their needs and make sure that their employees are delighted with the program we're offering. How hard is that to do in an organization of your size, and how do you make that happen? It just has to be cultural. It has to be repeatable, standardized process that we do across the organization. So we can't have one standard of service in one market and a completely different standard of service in another. Processes have to be repeatable in order for us to embed them within our local teams. And basically that's the same process you're suggesting for even a small operation. I think that's always the best because then there's less confusion, there's less opportunity for error. Aaron Mosier, VP of Operations, South Region, Aramark Refreshment Services, says it's time for OCS operators to elevate the service model. I mean, you can order coffee from anywhere, so it's about what's taking service and that hospitality experience to the next level to make sure customers stay engaged with who you are as their provider. Excellent. And give me one or two examples of how Aramark is elevating it these days. Um, so we're really kind of focused in on the training of our frontline associates to deliver the service expectation? Are we saying hello to the admin in the front office when we arrive? Are we taking credit for the service we provided when we were on site? Are we upselling? I think it's all those little incremental steps throughout our time on site that set us apart and remind them we're not an Amazon, we're not Staples, right? The reason we add value and, and you pay for our services, all these auxiliary things that we're doing. Um, and that hospitality mindset is a big piece of that. Wow, it sounds like you want to go back to basics. <laughs> it, it is basics, right? I think we got in the habit of having to consolidate routes and focus on density, and in doing that, we lost sight of, of really what did good service look like. And so regrounding what those fundamentals are to make sure our customers feel valued and appreciated. We had a record-setting year in retention, and part of that is because we brought service to the forefront of what we do. Here's what David Bates 
vice president of Royal Cup, had to say about the caliber of service that needs to be provided by OCS operators. White glove service. Service your customers. Engage to what their needs are and support their demands. Trying to get their internal employees back into the office without driving stakes down. So they're looking for innovative ways to do that. And that's where you have to go outside of your normal comfort zone sometimes and provide those solutions. David Solomon, Royal Cup out of Birmingham, Alabama. Tell me, um, what's your position there? Equipment Operations Manager. Clients have fluctuating office populations today. How do you manage that? What's the most effective way to manage their needs in, in view of that? So as David alluded to, offering diverse equipment options, the big thing. They want cold brew, they want bean to cup. Looking at those avenues to attract their employees to come back into the office, that's really it. That's what the, the generation that's coming up now wants. They don't want the hot cup of coffee, they want a, a cold brew, or they want a bean to cup machine where they can make the latte, the drink of their choice. So, you know, offering things like that really is the way to go. Who are some of the partners that you're having tremendous success with from an equipment standpoint? Fun, confection, Bravalor is kind of a new one we brought on. Well, there was a lot of talk about jumping through hoops due to fluctuating office populations. Do clients really get it? Are they willing to pay more? Gus Walter, Coffee Break Corporation in Cincinnati, weighed in on whether clients get it and what he's learned along the way. I think one of the biggest things that I've learned coming out of the pandemic is being picky and saying no to customers. Before the pandemic, we wanted it all. We wanted the volume. And, and now I think we're being a little bit more selective because as we come out of the, into this post-pandemic era, one of the things that we're seeing is that offices may not be coming back full bore, but the ones that want to, or at least have some office presence, are willing to do pony up a little bit on the office coffee spend, create a nicer amenity for their associates. They, they get it or they don't. And, and a lot of times when you're when you're working with a HR or corporate buyer and, and they don't drink coffee, that can be a tough sell. Getting through to the right customer, finding, you know, weeding out the ones that don't understand the value proposition that you bring to the table. And that's usually the folks that don't drink coffee. So you sometimes you just have to walk away from the business. Yeah. Do you think people are more willing than ever, the ones who get it, when they're asking you to jump through hoops because they're fluctuating office populations, are they willing to pay for that type of service? Again, I think it depends on the customer. Some get it, some don't. Yeah. We had a 20-year customer, great vending account. They were We had wave brewers all over the office. We were doing maybe 10,000 in OCS sales. They decided that they're bringing everyone back. They're going to have people in the office full-time and they one of the things that they targeted along with you know redoing some of their break rooms the area treatment things that they did themselves but one of the things that they needed a partner for was the coffee systems we put in eight Dijon Dukes it's now a hundred thousand dollar coffee account so they get it they get the amenity that that brings in our market in Cincinnati, I don't think that there are a whole lot of customers like that. A pretty conservative part of the country and you don't see the type of OCS spend that you might see in a big city on the East Coast or West Coast. Sure. We just have to find those customers that get it and that's, that's been our struggle. Well, congratulations for finding one. Yeah. And when an operator finds a client who gets it, they better be ready to deliver that experience we hear so much about.
Shannon Nichols, VP of Operations, Central Region, Aramark Refreshment Services, agrees. At the end of the day, we want to create those experiences for our clients, and a part of that is knowing what's out there and staying ahead of the game. Cool. Could you give me a couple of examples of things that Aramark are doing to elevate the game? I would say our partnership with Cold Snap, our partnership with Bevy. Steve Orlando, co-founder of Fixture Light, says his conversations with OCS operators are changing. The leading operators, the ones with premium locations, are now more focused than ever on making break rooms, including the OCS portion of the break room, a destination. If we take a page out of the European playbook, we need to do more than simply place equipment on a countertop and call it a day. A focus on the customer experience and the customer journey, as well as that destination for that perk at the office, needs to be considered. And the OCS area needs to be a destination that attracts an audience. That experience needs to be creative, attractive, and reliable. Otherwise, uh, folks are going to venture out to the nearest, next best solution. Josh Rosenberg, President and Chief Revenue Officer, Automated Retail Technologies, told me that operators need to use the kind of technology we saw at the CTW show to keep employees from straying off-site and to keep revenue flowing in our direction. That consumer is still more likely to go off-site to get their Frappuccino, to get their specialty coffees. And within this room, you've got innovative equipment that can allow you to bring that to their door. So why not turn that into a revenue stream, improving employer engagement so that employee does not have to go off-site, so they don't have to have somebody come on-site for delivery. Think about the delivery in today's world. You have sustainability. There's so much value prop to having that high-end coffee solution on-site and gaining revenue from it for our OCS partners. You're finding, I'm sure, more and more traditional OCS operators who, and I've talked to a number of them, who are moving to things like pantry service. They're looking at a product like Just Baked and saying, this is a new revenue stream I need to utilize because traditional OCS revenues are going down. Are you finding that type of thing happening in terms of operators coming to you and say, hey, I'm looking to expand my offerings? Absolutely. Everything's about proximity. COVID accelerated it, but it didn't create it. As consumers, we want it now, no matter if we're at work, at play, or at home. Look at what's happening in convenience. We went from a society in 2000 of big box retail. Go everywhere in pantry stuff. Bring it all home. Now we're going to society of I need it when I want it and wherever I am. So convenience stores are repositioning themselves. Retailers are repositioning themselves. Their front of store is so I can get in and out. We have to be that in and out on site. And we're more capable of doing that than ever because of technology and because of equipment and capability. So why not be that just-in-time capability on everything and anything? Sure. And that's what's exciting about our industry is we can be right there. We can be that corner store within any address with proximity within an arm's reach. Understandably, there was a lot of talk about water at the CTW show. I personally love the point-of-use water business and with companies like Vertex, Vivro, Marco Beverage, Smart Soda, Borgen Olufsen, Follette, and Bevy in the arsenal, it's better than ever. Industry consultant Oren Hubner agrees and has some very direct advice for OCS operators. Don't overlook the obvious revenue that is available. 
Are you surprised out there at the amount of operators who are missing the boat on not only price increases, but filter change, flushing of systems, maintenance charges that can be charged? Do you think that's a risk or do you think that's something we should be doing? I think everybody should be doing it. Nobody walks into your house these days, depending upon where you are in the country, for under 80 to $125. And we're going out there to change a filter for free and not charging enough for the rental. Everybody should be doing it. They should be looking at quarterly filter changes. We should be looking at telling the story to the end client that we're here for you. And part of that is good water. Part of that is health concerns. And so I think that goes with the periodic maintenance with the ice machines twice a year. That's a fee charge. Flushing, think about flushing your lines for your kombucha. Those Mm. should be flushed every month. It's bacteria. Sure. And we're not doing it. We're not doing it enough. Two lines, there's no reason you can't get $80, $85 to flush. Your cost is minimal. And if you get the schedules correctly, you can do one, two, or three. You could change a filter, flush lines, and do a periodic maintenance in one trip, which really now your employee cost, your labor cost is minimal for all three of those. It all falls to the bottom line. It's incremental profit at that point. Too many people are focused on new accounts instead of what can you do with your current client base? And there's so mm-hmm. many options that out there, whether it's water machines, ice machines, that's the, the biggest thing you can do today is take your accounts, take a look at what add-ons can you have. They're there. You just have to look for them, embrace them, understand that it's just not a rental for these units. What other things come with those? You like the high-end water approach, getting into the more stylized equipment that becomes much more of an amenity, not the thing that replaced the bottled water. Correct. And you can't overlook that because that is a space that you can bring a return where you're paying your equipment off in 10, 12 months. If you pay off your equipment, your water or ice machines in 12 to 15 months, again, it it becomes an annuity (laughs) and, and that's paying for itself over and over and over. That's it for now. On the next episode of Vending in OCS Nation, we'll take a close look at a product that is critically important to operators cashless payment systems. We'll talk to and explore with industry leaders and we'll look at targeted solutions that exist. Don't miss it on November 28th. Thanks for listening. Until next week, I'm Bob Tulio.